We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Johnny instead because, well, Michael's doing Michael things, and Johnny is here to make his fantasy picks. We'll talk about that a little bit later. This is Derek C. Apollo, your, your co-host, your host, whatever you want to call me, as we get ready to preview the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams, and top of the rest of the week as, as well. We're glad to be back on the air, been off a little bit with our move, with well, at least my move, and Johnny, you and Steve have been carrying the load this summer. How you doing, dude? I, I usually carry the load for a lot of people, but, you know, I, I had to carry for Derek. Carry for Derek. Hey, but you know what? We have a whole schedule this year, folks, for our podcast, a much more stable schedule than last year. Here's how it rolls out. Just so you know, the Rams Talk Radio team will be on the air for all post games unless otherwise known. Like, you know, as a teacher, it's an 11 o'clock game or something like that, and I can't get up morning. That's going to be Steve and Johnny. but. Otherwise, it'll be me and Mike and hopefully Tommy. Hopefully Tommy will be on. Uh, we'll also have the preview podcast early in the week. And because of our commitment to prize picks, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Steve and Johnny have bunny hens later in the week. And that will be a good time to preview the matchups and talk about all of their fantasy picks as well. So there you go. Big week, opening week. We've already had one game on the schedule. The Detroit Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The night, you know, last night, recording on Friday, 21-20. 
I just want to say, John, we have a lot, you know, the Rams have a lot of ties to the Lions. And there's a part of me that's pulling for them. I mean, I, I am pulling for them. I want to see a lot of our guys who went over there for, looking for, you know, a chance to shine. I'm hoping they shine. That includes Jared Goff. What were your thoughts on the Lions big win over the Chiefs? Well, first of all, as as a Ram fan, you have to pull for the Lions at this point because, uh, you know, if if we're being honest here, this, this is not going to be a pretty season for the for the Rams. But also because we kind of owe it to the Lions, don't you feel? I mean, you know, we, we we trade for Matthew Stafford, we win the Super Bowl, and then the following year the Rams totally, you know, tank. And, uh, yeah, the Lions just need a win from the Rams, one win. And uh, we let them down, and they don't get into the playoffs. So, yeah, we got we got we to gotta cheer for our boy Jared Goff. Um, but yeah, as far as the game against the Chiefs, man, it's good to have football back. That was a hell of a start to the season. Uh, <laughs> overall, I, I gotta, I gotta give props to the Lions because even though it was a horrendous game by the Chiefs, uh, you know, no one was really expecting the Lions to go into, you know, KC and, and pick up the W. It, it was kind of a stunner. But it also is kind of sending a message to the rest of the league that they're for real. And, uh, yeah, you shouldn't take them lightly. One of the things that really kind of stands out about that game is the fact that the Lions didn't wilt. We're going to hear all kinds of stuff about how bad the, the Chiefs receiving core was and how much they missed their guys, how much they missed Chris Jones. And that's fine. You go ahead and you can make that argument. But the Detroit Lions of yesteryear still fold. They still fold. That was this is the opening game of the year where you're defending Super Bowl champs are being, you know, they're having their crowning moment where they go out there and celebrate their championship. It's how it's always been. And the Lions came in there and took one. And that defense was phenomenal. We could talk about how bad the Chiefs receivers were, but you know what? Detroit made that game tough for the Chiefs receiving core. They made things tough for, for Patrick Mahomes to really get steady in there. So you know, while we're so quick to hammer Kansas City, Detroit played a heck of a ball game. And when you now look at that NFC North and you look at the Bears who are on the way up, but they got a ways to go. When you look at Green Bay, which there's all kinds of questions about their wide receivers are all all injured right now. And you have Jordan Love stepping in. And you look at Minnesota, who's Jekyll and Hyde. I can't help but think about Detroit probably being the favorite to win the NFC North. And I mean, that's what they've been looking for. They're selling out season tickets like like it's hot candy over there or cotton candy. I, you know, I'm happy for them. I'm cheering for them. And, you know, you know, God bless them because they that city deserves it. I mean, it, it really does. So, you know, go for it, man. I'm excited for them. Totally excited. So I, I have to ask there, Derek, uh, when Jared Goff ended up pulling out the victory, because there, there was a very real possibility that the the Chiefs could have ended up winning that ball game. How much were you kind of like clinching at the thought of uh, you know Jared Goff trying to uh, you know pass once again to the side of him uh, and nearly threw away a pick six uh, towards the end there? I mean. 
We can go, well, that's typical Jared Goff, but honestly, it's, it's the first week of the season. These guys are going to make all kinds of mistakes. It happens. So I'm not too big at it. I think, I, I think actually I'm more tired of, you know, Rams social media is something else. Like, you know, a Rams social media, it's a very, it's an interesting fan base. We have a lot of great fans. And we have some fans who, who are stuck on this idea that the Rams made a mistake by trading Jared Goff away. As far as I'm concerned, it was a win-win. The Rams knew their window was going to close. They went out and got a quarterback and get them there now. And, you know, that relationship with the Rams that Jared Goff had had become toxic and he needed to go. I think it's a win-win. And, you know, be grateful for the time that Jared Goff had with the Rams. But, you know, I'm happy that he's doing well in Detroit. End of story. And I think anybody who's sitting there saying the Rams shouldn't trade Jared Goff is really just completely turning a blind eye to the relationship that the Rams and Jared Goff had at that point. It was a train wreck, and it was never going to work at that. You know, there was no faith in Jared Goff. Jared Goff had lost his confidence, and now he's got back in Detroit. Good for him. Who is well there? Yeah, got to give him his props because it's not as though he has a, an elite uh, receiving unit either. I mean, you you can definitely point out Amon Ross St. Brown, who's who's definitely stepped up over the past uh, couple years here. Uh but beyond him, it's kind of a mystery, you know. You have high hopes in guys like Sam Laporta, but he's just a rookie in the end. And Josh Reynolds, uh, I guess his familiarity is kind of nice, but yeah, it's it, it's you know you got to give props where it's due, and and uh, you know it's not like other than Amonra St. Brown that you know the Lions had a <laughs> the lion's share of receiving core either. I do want to point this out, though. Keep an, you know, keeping an eye on Jameer Gibbs. When fantasy football drafts are really getting going and, and people start taking Jameer Gibbs early, I'm like, why are you doing this? And seeing him just a couple times getting the ball in his hands last night, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I understand now why. Jameer Gibbs is legit. And I think it was actually, I think it hurt the Lions in some cases that they came to rely on Dave Montgomery a lot more as that game wore on. And I think the Lions probably would have done a little bit better for themselves to put the ball in more and gives his hand. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes the rest of the season. But watch for Jameer Gibbs to emerge out there. And watch, like you mentioned, Laporta as well. I, I, I think Laporta, you know, they, they're, I went into the offseason thinking, okay, well, they had T.J. Hawkinson. They traded him away. I was wondering why they did that. And then we'll get Laporta, and, and Laporta looked very comfortable in that offense. I think that he becomes Goff's Higby. And there were a lot of times in – Goff's last couple of years where Higby was his savior. And, and I think we'll see that happen a lot with the Lions as well. If you have that offensive line, this, the sky's the limit for Jared Goff and the Lions. And I, I would not be surprised if they went deep into the playoffs as long as they stay healthy. And, and so good for them. Um, but we have a, our own team to cover. And that's the Rams. Before we get there, we'll get a word from our sponsor. I also want to tell you about prize picks. And, you know, they are the largest independently owned DFS, that's Daily Fantasy Sports. For those you know, in North America, they're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. So it's just you against the numbers. And later on in the show, we're going to do a segment where Johnny tells us which picks he made. And I got to tell you, I like them. I like them a lot. Like them a lot. Okay. So it's the most fun we've had. You know, we get a chance to test our skills. You can turn 10 bucks into 250 real easy and simple to play. You just click a button, you pick it. And there you go. You know, this week, you know, you have a choice on, like, for example, Geno Smith. The, the play on him is 235.5 yards. Will he throw for more or less? That's it. You choose it, and we'll tell you which one 
Johnny chose. I, I think it's kind of obvious, quite frankly. Also, there's weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. And don't forget, you can use it Apple Pay and other ways to make this magic happen. So we're going to keep doing this. We are enjoying it. Steve and Johnny are our players this year for the Rams Talk team on DFS for prize picks. If you're interested and you want to play a role in it, here you go. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk. Use the code Rams Talk for elite for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's right. Prizepicks.com forward slash Rams Talk and use code Rams Talk, all capitals, for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's a sweet deal. Totally sweet. Daily fantasy sports made easy. You'll find that at Prize Picks. Go do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So, first things first, Johnny. The Rams, Seahawks. Uh, we were talking a little bit offline. It wasn't something we were looking forward to. Um, I have a very negative view on how the season's going to go. I get the sense Stop that shocker. you do as well. Um, I, you know, I know Debbie, you know, D- Debbie Downer, Derek, right? But Derek Downer. Hear me, yeah, Derek Downer. But hear me out. Hear me out. Maybe it's best if we kind of give an overview because I didn't get a chance to do a preview podcast this year. For years, I know that I've been saying the Rams are going to take their medicine. You've, you guys have all heard me say that on the show. And we saw a bit of it last year and guys got hurt. But it was sooner or later, all the stuff they did was going to come back on them. I think that's happening. But 
tell me if I'm wrong. I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. And a couple things tell me that. One, a change in draft strategy. Steve Avila was the big one. Going out there, getting a mauler, a tough guy, a mean guy. I know Tommy's on the show talking about how a lot of our guys that were taken weren't mean guys. They, they were just, you know, these kind of finesse players. A change in philosophy. And it was a, a draft we just saw that targeted positional needs more than we're used to. Depth needs are really kind of built up on. I like what they did. It was more of a forward-thinking project instead of just getting gadget guys. And I kind of like how they went out there and really gave guys a shot in training camp. They're tanking. I'm going to say it straight up. People aren't going to like me saying that. They're tanking. And you know what? Johnny, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. They got to reload. And this is the best way to do it. Go play your young guys, develop them, bring in talent in the draft. Now, Derek, they are not taking. They are retooling. I don't care what you want to use for. (laughs) They're tanking. You can can say they're retooling, and I'm fine with that. Say they're retooling. Go on. They're retooling. Yay, they're retooling. But in the end... You know, what we're seeing, in my view, is a team that's going to be, with this strength of schedule, they're going to be awful this year. And I'm fine with it. I think they'll play hard. I think they'll work hard. I think they're going to lose a lot. And I know other podcasts are saying the exact opposite. They're saying, hey, you know, there's there's nine wins, ten wins. This is going to be a good, you know, a pretty good football team. Johnny, I don't see it. Maybe you could top me off. I'm not, again, people are going to say he's just being negative. No, I'm not. I'm actually totally okay with the direction they're going in. I think they bought some recent drafts. I think they hit the last draft, and I think they're moving in the right direction. So don't take this as me being negative. I just think you got to take your message and move forward and reload, rebuild, whatever you got to do, but you're tanking to get there. I mean, this is how I view it. I'll be the first to tell you that, um, that Derek's being a downer or not. And he is. But the truth is, he's kind of on the money here. I, you know, I, I'm kind of one that's more of an optimist. Uh, I'll generally try and see, you know, the brighter side of things uh, for, for the team. And there is actually a bright side to this situation, which Derek kind of covered on a little bit here. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you also have to face reality a little bit. You know, you're you're talking about a team that's kind of decimated their veterans by just either either cutting them or trading them away. And the Rams didn't have a ton of veterans to begin with. So you're left with a very small portion of veterans. This is an extremely young guys. Um, And considering that the team, you know, brought in all 14 of their draft picks tells you more than what you need to know about this roster. It is very young. It's very inexperienced. And yeah, I imagine that this will be good for some. But in the end, you're going up against other teams that are much more experienced, well more oiled machines. And it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a tough season. But there is a, a bright side to this as David uh Derek alluded to. David I know. It's been that long, man. 
I'm mm. starting to call you David. David. No. But hold on a minute. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. I'm pretty sure, because you and Steve do this every year, you guys did, and my folks, remember, I've been moving. I haven't, I've been offline, so I haven't had a chance to listen to their show. But knowing you guys, you guys always go through the schedule, right? We did. I mean, you, you did, okay. So kind of play off me a little bit, because I haven't gone through online yet. I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm seeing it this way. I see Seattle week one. Uh, that's a loss. In Seattle, San Francisco at home. The Niners are a division. They're a, a, them and Seattle are going to fight off the division. That's a loss. At Cincinnati, that's a loss. Your next one's at Indianapolis. That's, that's the first time I think they have a shot of win game right there. But then they have Philly. That's a loss. At home against Arizona, we can call that a win. At home against Pittsburgh, that's a loss. At Dallas, loss. At Green Bay, in November, loss. Home against Seattle, they play them tough usually, but probably a loss. At Arizona, they might pull that off. Cleveland, home. Very talented Cleveland team. Very talented Cleveland team. Probably a loss. At Baltimore, loss. Washington, very improved. Improved team. Probably a loss. The Saints, improved. Probably a loss. At New York, loss. At San Francisco, loss. I see probably four wins there. I, I'm sorry. I went to go get my tequila. Uh, damn, you're depressing. Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't mean to me. And I, if, if you're turning off this podcast right now, remember what I'm saying. I'm saying... They're taking their medicine. They're taking it now. And I think it's going to be a quick turnaround, by the way. I really do. I think they positioned the offensive line to improve in the offseason. I think they got, they got some guys who are trying to develop in other places. You go fill that with a nice draft class. You're going to have money to spend because all those bad contracts that you dumped are going to be off the books. You're going to have that dead cap money is gone. I think it's going to be a quick turnaround to next year. This is not going to be a long-term rebuild. I don't really believe that at all. I think players still want to come play in LA. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. I think it's going to be a one year with a really tough schedule where we just have to bite the bullet. And you never know. You might have Caleb Williams next year. I'd be ecstatic to have Caleb Williams or Drake May next year, but uh, that's just me. Uh, But that is kind of the recipe that teams are alluding to. You know, they're trying to, you know, form a, a, a team around a younger, uh, you know, rookie quarterback, uh, one that can be a franchise quarterback, because if you can kind of center yourself around a rookie quarterback and their rookie contract, that frees up enough money so that you can invest in other players that are much more tougher to get, like your edge rushers, like your left tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the key here. And I think that's the formula that the Rams are attempting to do, because let's face it, with the product that the Rams have on the field at the moment, it's not looking like a promising season. As you said, this is looking like a four win season. And I tend to agree with you here because I there's nothing here that makes me, you know, want to disagree with you, even though I really want to. Well, I mean, you look at the Rams, and the cover's not bare either. You still have some talent there, and, and you, you're going to want to see guys like Cam Akers do well. You're going to want to see, you know, some players emerge. When you look at the roster right now in the depth chart, there, there's stuff there. I think the loss, you know, Cooper Cup being out right now is is really a problem for them. 
you know, the that was cup. the guy that, that, what'd you say? The empty cup. Yeah. The cup is there. <laughs> what? You know, but <laughs> you're missing that, you know, so you're relying on Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell receiver right now. Is that really going to fly? You know, you, you're going to, so what will you rely on? You'll rely on Higby. That's going to be your safety valve, guys. It's going to be the guy you, you trust. And you're going to hope that Jefferson, especially, can pick up the pieces. Be, behind that, yeah, well, and Puka Nakua. I mean, you have guys, but they're, they're unproven. They, they are young. And you have, you know, a K-Makers who just a year ago was in the doghouse. Oh, by the way, PFF, Pro Football Focus, has the Rams secondary ranked um, among the worst in the league. And it's warranted. Warranted, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at our corners, and I only know, you know, we, we know Kobe Durant, we know uh, Darren Kendrick to a degree. But overall, this is a very, very young secondary. Jordan Fuller, can he stay healthy? Can Jordan Fuller stay healthy? No. Can, can, can John Johnson regain his, his old form? I mean, there's a lot of I questions hope. there. I hope. I mean, I'm glad John Johnson's back, by the way. Me too. Can, can Ernest Jones take that next step in, uh, as an inside linebacker? Yes. I hope so. Who's, who are their pass rushers? <laughs> Good question. Byron Young and Mike Hawk. I mean, we saw Hawk do some decent things last year towards the end of the year, but in the end, is that what we're relying on? I mean, understand why I'm saying this is a four-win team. Look at all the question marks we're talking about. And now you're going to Seattle against a team that is, their, their death chart right now is, especially offensively, is phenomenal. DK Metcalf receiver. You have Tyler Lockett receiver. I mean, <laughs> Dude, they're have, loaded, man. You have JSN as your as your number three, and he is probably the most talented guy on that team right now. Jackson Smith Ningba is probably, in my view, he was the most talented receiver in the draft. The, the only reason we weren't talking about it as much because he got hurt his last year in Ohio State, but the guy is phenomenal. He's gonna be better than any one of those other guys that came out of Ohio State. That includes Garrett Wilson and Chris Olaf. He's gonna be he's he's going to be better as long as he stay healthy. You have. Kenneth Walker. Oh, and by the way, their third string guy right now in that chart is Zach Charbonneau. Yep. Like, this is a loaded offense. They're going to throw all over this Rams defense on Sunday. Yeah, all over. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be devastating. You know, it, it's going to be an aerial attack and, I, I don't think there's really anyone on the Rams roster that can really stop it. it their really only hope in the past was to, you know, kind of get after, uh, you know, Geno Smith, which I'm sure Aaron Donald's going to do his best, but he, you need more than Aaron Donald, you know? They're, it's got to be a team him. effort. They're just going to triple team him. That's what they're going to do. It's, it's going to be a rough one. The the only the only avenue I see for the Rams to win this game is by grinding this one out, keep that offense off the field. You're talking thirty six, thirty seven minutes time possession. We're talking Cam Akers early establishes running game, hundred and twenty, hundred fifty yards rushing. Like we're that's the kind of game we're talking about here. Not it's got to be more than one twenty, so one fifty. We're talking about it's a team. Rush attack against a defense that has Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, you know, in the middle of that of that defense. That's a tough, tough 
matchup for them. Tough. You've gone quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was, you know, in the middle of sipping my tequila, you know, getting a little depressed uh, here. But I, you know, on the on the flip side, the, the Seahawks of you know the Rams have, all, have always played Pete Carroll Seahawks tough. You know, they have pulled off the upset before. I just don't see it with the talent matchups they have. I just don't see it. I mean, it's it's going to be a rough one in Seattle, I think. Yeah, there, there's no question. I, <laughs> I I really don't see an avenue where, I mean, I, I suppose anything's possible, you know, any given Sunday and such, but at, it's, it's really a tough pill to swallow to think that the Rams' offense is going to be dominating the field. They're going to be dominating the time of possession. You know, especially in Seattle, it, it just doesn't seem like it would add up there. I, I do have a little more faith in the Rams offense than I do in their defense. So, yeah, I suppose if, if they can keep their defense off the field, that that works in theory. But, I, you know, the Seattle defense has improved, as you as you mentioned. So. I I would find it really hard to believe if uh, you know the Rams end up somehow pulling away a victory, but yeah, th- this is going to be a blowout. I I definitely pick the the Seahawks to win this, and <laughs> good luck to to the secondary. It's going to be a long long day for them. I mean, you never know; they might surprise. I mean, we didn't we didn't really see this the first team defense or first team offense much at all in the preseason. I mean, we didn't see the units together at all. So you never know what's going to happen. But on paper, this one's ugly. But I'm okay with it for now. No one's okay with losing overall. But as long as we have a picture of where this franchise go- is going, as long as we see, you know, the things being reloaded, and I think that was the goal. It was, again, it was a very different draft. And if they had pulled the same crap they'd done with previous drafts where they, you know, where they were blinded by the shiny toys, um, then I would think differently. But it was a very deliberate draft, a very deliberate offseason, how they manage things. And they were willing to take the bite and, and just say, okay, you know what, we're going to go ahead and, and throw the baby out of the bathwater and start fresh. You're going to pay the price this year, but I think it'll be a quick turnaround. I think. The the thing to look forward to this year, and you know, in this game immediately is how are the young guys developing? Because these young guys are going to make up that core of role players, especially that will hold this franchise together. Because that's what the Rams are going to do. They're going to draft guys who are going to wind up being the next round of stars, or they're going to bring in free agents to kind of fill those gaps that are high level free agents. Guys are going to spend money on, and you need the guys you're developing underneath to kind of hold the ship together in between. So I, if if that's where they're going, I think they're going to be fine. It's going to be a rough year, but the things to look forward to, look at these guys develop, look at, see how some of these young, unproven players fit into the Ram system. And, you know, we, we will probably then see a couple of upsets. We probably will see a lot of bright spots we didn't see coming. Just if you are expecting the Rams to win 
nine, 10 games this year. You're going to be disappointed. I just don't see it. And of course, there are people out there who will call us Debbie Downers or crazy or, you know, uninformed even. But it's the informed nature of how we know this franchise and how this roster is built that's telling us it's, it's just not that kind of year. And by the way, in a lot of ways, Johnny, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, why would I don't I don't want to, I don't want a four win season. Who wants a four win season? But <laughs> I'm going to embrace the pain because I think it's heading the right direction. I mean, I've never wanted to be more wrong in my life, and I've you know Steve and I are no strangers to eating you know our fair share of crow every now and then. But uh, yeah, I I would be really really happy to eat some crow this year um you know i'll put some tabasco on it whatever it is to make that crow down uh go down a lot easier but uh i just i don't see it man i really don't uh, I mean, that's where it is so real quick run to the matchups here let's go advantage advantage okay coaching let's do that first coaching who's got the advantage uh, I I gotta go with my boy Sean McVay. Yeah, so do I. I go with Sean McVay because of the of the history there. The history is that for the most part, Sean McVay's teams have outplayed him. Even last year, when the Seahawks won both games, those games should have been blowouts, and the Rams stay close both times. So you know, I'm gonna stick with Sean McVay on that one. Uh, the Rams offense versus the Seahawks defense advantage. Who? That one's a tough one. Um, I think I will give the benefit of the doubt to the Seahawks defense only because Bobby Wagner is very familiar with the Rams offense, although it's changed a lot. But I feel like he was kind of like an informant for the Seahawks defense this year. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think the Rams offense is on the right track but they're not quite there yet, and especially with Al Cooper Cup. So, yeah, I think you got to give the uh, Seahawks defense the uh, the edge here. I mean, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks in the middle together. That's a bad combination for what the Rams need to do. The Rams need to run the football in this game. They need, they need to control the clock. That's how they win this game. And are they going to do that with Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks clogging in the middle? That's a tough matchup. I'm going to go with Seahawks defense. Seahawks offense versus the Rams defense. Is that a serious one? <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> Go uh, on, yeah. Johnny. Roll with it. The, the clear edge here goes to the Seahawks. That's not even close at this point. <laughs> Good luck, man. Uh, yeah, it does. That, that three deep wide receiver. Running backs on the backfield, it's going to be a rough day. You, you just don't have the horses defensively to, to be able to contain this many high-caliber players. It's going to be a rough day, and that's why, again, the Rams offensively must run, run the clock. they got to play old-school football come Sunday to have a shot, and maybe they will. But uh, advantage Seahawks. Special teams here. Uh, Seahawks here, Jason Miles, uh, Myers, sorry, punter, Michael Dixon. The returners are DJ Dallas. The Rams on their side, it's a little, a little bit different here. We have a new kicker. Not sure how you feel about him. And Brett Maher, who was pre-money until that whole playoff thing happened. And new uh, new punter, Ethan Evans. 
you know. I, I mean, I like Ethan Evans. Yeah. Who, who, who are you giving the edge to here? As much as I'd like to say the Rams, I'd be lying. So, yeah, edge definitely goes to the Seahawks here. Okay. X-Factors right now. Think the intangibles. Who are you giving, me, who are you giving your edge to? For the Rams, I think you have to go Puka Nakua here, man. Just because the Rams need something. Uh, you know, they don't have their star. And uh, quite frankly, they they need someone to step up. And I, for the life of me, I just don't see it happening with Van Jefferson or Tutu Atwell. I, I like Tutu as a, you know, specialty player, you know, a guy that can stretch the field. But he's never going to be a complete wide receiver like Sean McVay likes to say he'll he'll be. And, uh, yeah, I think Puka is going to step up. And I think he might shock some people in this game. Do I think he's going to go over 100-plus yards? No. But I think you might see some pretty good catches from him. I Well, I think the X factor is Van Jefferson. He's stepping into the Cooper Cup role. You know, Van Jefferson was drafted to become the Rams' number one receiver and never did. It was Cooper Cup who took over that role. And uh, now is his shot. I mean, we we might be missing Cooper Cup for how long? Up to a, a month? He might Just be in the IR. Yeah. yeah. So we're still waiting on that. He would become the de facto number one receiver. This is his shot, the shine. And so... When you're looking at what the Rams X factors are, it's definitely him from my point of view. You, this is his chance. This is where, you know, will you become the guy that we always thought you would be? Or are you just going to be a guy? A cog in the wheel. Which one are you going to be? I think that's his shot. Let's find out. And I hope he I hope he takes pressure off that running game. I hope he's able to provide that. But man, you know, who knows? Who really knows? So, you got a score prediction on this? Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of throw one out there. I, I think I made one when we did our season predictions, but I, I can't remember. Um, so, I'm just going to shoot one out there. I'm going to say 38-17 to 17, uh, Seahawks victory. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long game. <laughs> our scores aren't that, aren't that far. I'm going to 41-14. So yeah, it's, it's going to be rough, but again, folks, as you're hearing us talking, you know, negatively look for the bright spots, look for how these guys individually are moving. And by the way, look at how, uh, watch for how Sean McVay adjusts. I mean, they're, they're talking about how they have optimism for this year. We, well, what do you expect them to say? By the way, do you expect them to say, Oh, we're going to suck this year. <laughs> they're all going to, you know, so they're they're how do they react? I mean, Sean McVay looked pretty beaten down last year. We all thought he was going to leave. I'm surprised when he came back. And, and you know, he, apparently he's rejuvenated. Well, you got a, a reload in your hands, a rebuild, a, you know, a tank job. You know, how do you respond to that? Well, he's got to go from when he took over in 2017. He was taking over, he took over a rough team then, too. Let's see what he can do with it. This, this is, and this is his roster now. Him and, him and Les's roster, that's, that's it. So we're going to take a quick break. We're from our sponsor and we're going to talk some DFS. We'll be right back. All right, Johnny, 
We're part of the prize picks team this year, and you and Steve this year are, are making the picks. He's unfortunately having a great time in Italy, apparently, right? I mean, poor guy. No, how dare he go to Italy? Was it? I forgot. Was this? Was this his honeymoon? Uh, like his belated honeymoon. I felt like he had like three already, but well, you know I, what, man? Might, might I, I say, why not? He he deserves it. Dude works hard. He's a hard worker. So prize picks gives you the opportunity to choose the the different um, different performance mate, m- metrics here. And here's some examples um, that, that you, for the ones you selected. And you selected, we'll, we'll go Geno Smith. Geno Smith against the Rams, his over-under, basically, more or less, is at 253.5 passing yards. Uh, we've been talking about it. I'm going to guess you're going to go with you, you're choosing more. Um, tell us about your pick. Yeah. Uh, so I, I specifically chose this guy because uh, Price Picks does a great job in setting up all these different players for different statistics. In this case, for Geno Smith, it's for the passing yards option. And this is a pretty good bet here because if you choose him at 253 and a half yards, over I think it's a pretty good chance of that that's going to happen you know that you know Geno Smith may not be known for you know being this gunslinger that just give gets well over 300 yards every weekend and wake out but uh, against a atrocious Rams secondary I think it's very doable and, and it, it's a good it's a good option to choose if you want to go this route you know, you you get um, you can choose between two and six picks here. And if you pick like a really good choice here, you, you have a better shot at winning, um, you know, prize money here. So I, I did. I took the safe approach. I went after Geno Smith and uh, I I think it's a very good shot that I end up with uh, some decent money here, man. I think it's a good shot, too. I'm I'm. Pulling up his pro football reference is something I want. I want to his game log from last year, and because I, I think that in terms of being prolific, he was more prolific than people would think he was. And so, just just pulling this game log up from last year real quick, and let's see what he did. How many games did he throw for over two fifty three? I'm going to count one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of his starts were over two fifty-three. That's more than I thought, um, to be honest. Um, one of those was for three sixty-seven against the Rams. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's with Jalen Ramsey too. Yeah. So, and that was without Jackson Smith and Chiba there, and that was. His 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 um interesting enough his Kenneth Walker got hurt. I don't know if you remember that towards the end of the year, and their running game really kind of took a slide, and his numbers took a slide too. His last four weeks without his running backs: two thirty eight, two fifteen, one eighty three, and two thirteen. And of course, the Seahawks numbers also they they lost two of the last four, three of their last five. I'm gonna go. Very easy bet. They got a healthy running back core. They actually went out and drafted, you know, 
sharp enough for that very reason to have a good guy come back behind him. It's, I think this is a, a very safe bet, by the way. Very safe bet. Cam Akers, his over under 62.5 rushing yards. You chose, am I reading this right, Johnny? Less? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely reading that correctly. I would love to think that Cam Akers can, you know, go over, but this this is a Sean McVay run offense. He he's one of the coaches in the league that just absolutely abandons the run at any sort of crisis that the offense is facing, and I think that's what's going to ultimately happen here. I I think that the Seahawks are going to get an early lead and, you know, Sean McVay is going to panic and then just, you know, air out the ball as much as he can and hope and pray that he can, you know, catch up that way. So Cam Makers, in my opinion, I think is is a solid back when healthy and your offensive line is decent. But I don't think this is a guy that's going to consistently give you big numbers and especially against a Seahawks defense that now has Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks in the in the middle. Good luck. Good luck. It's not going to be an easy game for the ground game. It's not going to be an easy game for the offense in general. But uh, yeah, in, unless the Rams can somehow, you know, dominate the uh, the time of possession, Cam Akers is not getting over sixty two and a half. Uh, rushing yards. You think so? Well, let's, let's go look at the numbers I, I, here. I know that's what we want, but no, I I don't, well, I don't think so. Well, 32, 31, 30, 29, 28. The Seahawks were 28th against the run last year. 28th against the run. And Cam Akers only ran for more than 62.5 yards four times last year. Those four games were the last four games of the season. Three of four of them were losses. And he ran uh, 65 yards in week 15, 118 yards in week 16, 123 yards in week 17, 104 yards against the Seattle Seahawks for a 4.95 average. Um, in the last game of the season, they lost that game nineteen sixteen. Does that perhaps change your mind a bit? Here you nope. go. Nope. <laughs> that Seahawks I, team did not have Bobby Wagner. It did and not. Jordan Brooks, I don't believe, was healthy either. So I, I again, I would love to to you know flip my answer here, but sadly, I'm locked in. You know, you're locked uh, in. I'm locked in, you know, prize picks holding me hostage here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, it's just, it's reality is all it is. And um, sometimes this is kind of a, uh, some, you know, kind of a, a tip here is you, you can't always go with uh, your heart, as we would say, your football heart. Because if that's the case, you're more than likely not going to, you know, win some of these picks. Sometimes you got to go with your gut, and uh, my enormous gut is telling me that I am uh, I'm correct here that Cam Akers is going to be less than uh, 62 and a half rushing yards. Well, you have one matchup here. Moving this is a moving away from the Rams Seahawks game. You have Calvin Ridley with the Jaguars going over 
six three and a half yards. That's correct. Again, sorry, against the uh, the Colts. Here, here's yep. my my. There's a fact he hasn't played a game since 2021, and he only played five games that year. Okay, yep. new offense, the new quarterback, and you're still confident in six three point five yards receiving. I am, because here's the thing: it's it's not only a uh, a new quarterback; it's a better quarterback. It's not only a new offense; it's a better offense. And on top of that, I think there's a chip on his back, on, on his shoulder, rather not on his back. Maybe on his back too. You never know. Uh, <laughs> but Calvin Ridley, if you ask me, he got the. He got the raw end of the stick with the the whole suspension for an entire year. Uh, you know, what whether or not you believe it was warranted or not. Me personally, I do not, but that's just me. Uh, especially when you have guys like Deshaun Watson only getting suspended for what, like nine games. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I, if I'm Calvin Ridley, I, I send a message not only to you know uh, the Colts, I guess, in this game. But I'm sending a message to the rest of the league like, you missed me, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I do. I think this is going to be a big statement game. And let's face it, the Colts in general are just not a very good team. So I, I think that Calvin Ridley is going to put up some big numbers and uh, put put up big numbers with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I hope you're right. I have a couple of my, I have on a couple of my fans teams. but. You know, that, that, those are fair doubts to have. Like, even I have doubts on Trevor Lawrence, quite frankly. So really, I, I do have, I do, I do. And unpopular I'm sure, opinion there. Well, I mean, that they have a very weak division, and I just want to see more of a track record. I'm not saying he's he's not going to live up to expectations. I just have doubts right now. Does that make sense? It's just, I just no, I mean, little... it, it, it's definitely warranted to have your doubts because uh, Trevor Lawrence may not be, you know, kind of lifted to stardom like some of the other younger quarterbacks in the league, like Joe Burrow, for example. But I think that Trevor Lawrence is, is definitely going to be a guy that, you know, steadily improves. And now that he has a, a good, you know, weapon, around him i i don't see why he can't elevate to the next level he has no excuse at this point so um i think he's a talented quarterback and as long as everyone stays healthy himself included i think that trevor lawrence is going to have himself a good season i mean i i hope so my i i really honestly do i hope i hope all those things the Last pick you made was Alexander Madison against Tampa Bay. And I have to tell you, I disagree with you here. Okay. You have him going for more than 66.5 rushing yards against a Tampa Bay defense that allowed 3.4 yards a carry last year. I I have to admit, I um I kind of glanced over the, the Bucks a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I still kind of stand by it because I feel like Alexander Madison, if he's healthy, he is a pretty good running back in the league. And he, he's kind of had a 
shadow casted by Dalvin Cook over the years. And now he has an opportunity to kind of prove himself a little bit. I, and, and I think I think this is going to be a, a good year for him this year. If he stays healthy, I I have all the faith in him, and and uh, I think uh, for the most, you sound really oh. unsure right now, man. You know, it's it, it. This was what this was definitely my most risky pick. There's no question. But sometimes you gotta you know roll the dice a little bit. You gotta you know roll it. And I, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm a big Alexander Madison fan. I don't know why, but I like the guy. All right. Well, he he did not rush for one game last year over fifty four yards. And, the la- and that fifty four came in the last game of the season. You can go back to twenty twenty one, and that's when you get you know some nice games from him. He had three solid games in during twenty twenty one season. He rushed for one hundred and twelve yards against the Seattle Seahawks on on in week three. Uh, Detroit, 25 carries, 113 yards. And another game against Detroit, and this is 2021, 22 carries, 90 yards. His other totals that season, 2, 11, 20, 10, 5, 0, 16, 5, 21, 27, 41, 0, and 18, as he was behind Dalvin Cook. I I think the jury's out. And I, I don't know that this is the matchup where you play, you know, you play with Alexander Madison. I have my doubts. Let's just say it that way. I have serious doubts. You go back to the previous season, he had two solid games as well. Well, three, I think three. Um, so you're talking about over the course of a now four-year career, you know, five games where you can say, hey, this guy was pretty solid. I don't know if that's going to fly, man. So the lesson in this, Derek, is always, always make sure you look at the opposing defenses because. Uh, well, I still stand by my decision. It's, uh, yeah, I can see where it, this could potentially be bad for me. It could be, but you know what? We'll find out. You know, if, I mean, you just, the truth is you don't, you don't know how Minnesota is going to do, though. I mean, period. We don't know jack about Minnesota because they are so Jekyll and Hyde every year. They really are. You never know what you're going to get. They're, they're the forest scum of the NFL, the box of chocolates and all. You just never know. So there you go. All right, folks. It's getting near that time. Is there is there any other matchup this weekend that interests you? Uh, you know, it, it already kind of happened, man. I was real interested in, in the Lions and Chiefs game. Uh, but, you know, I, I am looking forward to a lot of these different, you know, matchups, and especially, you know, some of these other matchups going uh um because the 49ers have um Pittsburgh. They have Pittsburgh this oh yeah, that's right, they do. Yeah, I for the whatever reason I couldn't remember. I am looking forward to that matchup a lot because I do think that Pittsburgh is a little bit on the underrated side. I'm not a big Kenny Pickett fan, but you know, we'll see. You know, two very young quarterbacks going up against each other, um against good defenses. So yeah, I I gotta I gotta say that's one of my uh, matchups of the week for me. There are, in my view, there are a lot of really interesting matchups. You know, check Cincinnati and one. That's a fascinating matchup. Burroughs coming back off injury. The Browns have a lot of talent there that they have not been using well for the last couple of years. Could this be the year they fix it? 
the Browns have given the Bengals a hard time in Joe in Joe Burrow's tenure. You have the one you mentioned, the 49ers Steelers matchup. That one is very interesting to me. I'm going down the list here. How about this one? This this one. Buffalo and New York. Tell me that that that's not that's Monday night, 9-11. That is interesting to me. Buffalo at New York. The it, you perceived know, I, top I two to teams say, in though, the division. I, I have to say, am I the only one that's not sold on the New York Jets? I'll tell you what. I'm not sold on the offense, but that defense is legit. And that defense alone is going to keep them in a lot of games. They're going to win a lot of games on the defense. If, the, if their offense is just decent behind behind Aaron Rodgers, they're going to win at least 10 games, if not 11 or more. That's how good that defense is. So, as far as I'm concerned, you're – it's you. <laughs> it's you. It's you. Hey, how about this? Miami at, at the Chargers. That that will be a fun game for sure. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be the over-under on that one's 51. I'm going over. That's going to be a shootout. I'm all in on that. Yeah, I think you got to you know, set up your price pick there. <laughs> Jeez. Can't. I'm in Ohio. Um, Dallas at Shame New York. You. I You know? That's Steve. That's Steve, man. Dallas at New York on Sunday night. That's five good games. Five games that really interest me this weekend. Outside of the Rams, Seahawks. So the Browns, Bengals, you know, Niners, Steelers. I'm I'm just happy football's back, man. Yeah, and it's and it's, it's a nice opening weekend. Even the Eagles, Patriots is interesting to me. This is gonna be a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to it. And with that, it that's it, guys. We have nothing else for you. Follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Five Not Six. I keep I'm, I'm losing. It's been a long. Follow me at DC Paul. Follow Rams Talk at Talk Rams. Don't forget, we'll have the post game this weekend after the game to give you all the conversation, answer whatever questions you might have. Make sure you send them in to Rams Talk nineteen forty five at gmail.com or get us on Twitter. We will have. Stephen, Johnny back next week for the let, for the latter part of the week doing their DFS picks and so on and so forth. We are previewing the game. In the meantime, we're out of here. We'll see you Sunday night. Have a great one.